Welcome to episode 10 of the Simple Politics Podcast. This is my season finale, and fittingly, the last episode of the year. And what a year it has been. I debated on what I wanted to discuss for this episode. Naturally, I considered doing a 2020 recap. Ultimately, though, I decided against that. We all know what hardships and struggles we've been through this year. I don't want to further remind y'all of that. Instead, I'm going to focus on some positives. Like, we learned that we are all, in fact, a strong human race that persevered and found ways to make things work during a pandemic that shut the world down. We found new ways to connect to one another. Hello, Zoom. For those of us that were always on the go, this year taught us how to slow down because we really had no choice. (laughs) For me personally, there were some amazing positives. I got promoted at my job. I went back to school and am now one class away from getting my degree. I started this podcast. Um, Having to balance everything all at the same time was quite a task, but I am so appreciative of it all. And the biggest positive for me, I met my partner. We learned and grew together and found unconventional ways to navigate a relationship during a pandemic. What a ride it has been. But enough about me. Let's get to the final episode of the season and the year. Well, the $600 stimulus has finally hit people's accounts. Not everyone has received it, but it is coming. What is not coming? The $2,000 Trump was dangling in front of the American people. As I told you guys last week, McConnell didn't and wouldn't bring up the House-approved bill to the Senate floor. Not long after, he tried to say that they could start the process the following day. But just like Trump, McConnell doesn't do anything without something in return. He decided to dangle the $2,000 as well, but only if it was attached to two things that Trump has been wanting. Doing this, he knew the Democrats would absolutely not vote on it. Here's how it may be possible to still get those $2,000 after all. If the Democrats win the Georgia runoff on January 5th, that would definitely be a big win. Because if that happens, the Democrats take back the Senate and they can bring to a vote the increase in the stimulus. Biden would most certainly sign off on the bill. However, if the Republicans win the runoff, the American people will probably have to wait another year before seeing another stimulus, if at all. Even worse, McConnell will stay in power. We can't handle that for another two years. We just can't. The Biden administration certainly wouldn't be able to get much done either if McConnell is still in the Senate. He just would definitely make things a lot more difficult, and it would be an unproductive two years for the administration. The other crazy political news of the day involves a senator claiming that he will object to the certification of the presidential election when a joint session of Congress meets in one week to formally certify President-elect Joe Biden's Electoral College victory. In the House, Trump has several supporters willing to challenge the results. None of this will do anything to overturn the results. This is just another political show. And for that senator that is going to object, that's Senator Hawley from Missouri. <laughs> yeah, he's willing to object, but it's because he wants something out of it, just like all these other politicians. He's looking ahead. He's looking at a potential 2024 run for president. Essentially, Hawley's just trying to garner notoriety within the Trump base to sway them in his direction for 2024. Whether Trump continues to have any real political capital by 2024 remains to be seen. Speaking of Trump's political power, I've always wondered why people voted for him. For the last four years, the answer has eluded me. That is until recently. 
Part two of my conversation with Sebastian has some interesting insight into why a particular group of people chose their religious views over morals when voting for Trump. Take a listen. And one of the things that um, you and I had discussed before that I think is like a very just <laughs> mind blowing thing that I learned recently right. is I'd always wanted to know why, you know, why people, especially people of faith would vote for Trump when, you know, he is the antithesis of that, in my opinion. Um, and, and so how to me, like it just made no sense and how they could reconcile that. But knowing that that people vote based off of their religious beliefs was shocking yeah yeah well before i answer that or before not that i have all the answers but i mean like before we get into that (laughs) i think it's important to 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 point out who exactly i consider people of faith because because i've always believed politics always and even in, in in the bible right we find many references to political views right it was even yeah even to the crucifixion of jesus christ and all these things there was governments established there i mean the famous quote you know let caesar be to caesar and you know god be god you know so all these things we know we know there is definitely uh a relation between um i wouldn't even go to say church and government because i know it's a whole different topic but definitely we're talking about specifically here faith and your political views or your the the, the things you make shift to this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was saying that I found absolutely shocking to me, what I was mentioning to you earlier uh, in a previous conversation we had was that here, here's how we stand or how most people in faith should stand when it comes to who's leading this country. Number one, it's it, it, to me, it was a shocker to see how big of an evangelical or faith-based uh, votes they are which is great that's good news you know like oh well at least for people like me in faith that shares these views and stuff like that it's good to feel like we take majority over this vote like that's amazing right and and it's not news there either because this is a christian based uh country or at least it was it's it's some paper right in god we trust and and there's definitely christian background and christian history when it comes to politics and a lot of uh, in this country, so that's good to us. But what I found is shocking in a bad way is how bad we are at judging Christian or quote unquote Christian people, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I even put it on Facebook at one point, I said, uh, it's crazy how someone who talks a certain way uh, and has sex with porn stars and is obviously, you know, racist in many occasions, gets 75% of the evangelical vote. Like, what is going on? <laughs> right. So why do they vote for them? Because they say the right thing. And unfortunately, I think, you know, I'm not very good at, like I said, I'm just coming to understand how this whole political view things and this whole political stuff works. And so I can be a more better citizen in the same way we and I and I'm talking about to people in faith now if they listen or whatever. This is the time to actually understand that we have been in politics since if you grew up in church like me, since since ever. Why? Because churches are small uh, communities, 
and there's delegation right. and votes. Some churches churches do votes about who they put in charge. And, 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 and here's where I would say it's very important we distinguish people of faith. In this faith, in, in, in Christianity, if you're a Bible reading Christian, the word and Jesus and God has always warned about uh, obviously going to, you know, going to hell and going to heaven and going to hell. And, and, and you, we know all these stories that everybody knows, right? Like, you yeah. know, the devil and God and stuff like that. And there's this, but yet there's this huge, and I'm talking about like when in church, there's this huge like shocker, just like you had when they find out things like, well, you know, the Bible says that there is really no struggle between the devil and God. They're not equals, right? God is, is wins and he shocks them. Or truths yeah. like, oh, well, you know, the Bible says that there's people who cast out demons and, and things in Jesus' name and they preach Jesus' name and the Bible says they'll go to hell. Wah, shocker. And, <laughs> and there's a verse in the Bible that says that the prostitutes and the, and the thieves will be the ones up in, in, up in the line in heaven. <gasps> shocker. So why? I think because we suffer in church and the Bible even says there's a verse that says that people suffer because lack of knowledge. And in church, if you're a Christian Bible, uh, a Bible believing Christian, you go to the society, you vote for your leaders, or you look or you seek for your leaders. These leaders, these pastors, uh, you know, they uh, they are supposed to not be, you know, full in power. They have deacons or they have a group of elders, whatever you call them, but they have a group of people overseeing the pastor's actions. Right. Yeah. And when this pastor is receiving actions and, and this pastor is preaching, he's bringing on his views, his, you know, his culture, background, his everything. So there will be a lot of debate like it is in this country about certain views of the Bible and certain things when it comes to smaller stuff. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're a family. We believe in Christ. We believe in Jesus. But there's this disagreements that happen in every family or in every society where we can discuss and the, the the last word should be the Bible, right? That's where it boils down to it. And, and and if the people didn't have access to it, and lo and behold, here's another part in the history, right? Where we, we were even discussing how King James politically, right? Was the one that allowed for yeah. us to have a translation to the Bible. So if these are people who are reading their Bible, starting their word on their own, then a majority of the people in the church that are doing their own study in the word of God, and they go, well, what the pastor is preaching is not really accordance to what the Bible teaches, then there will, should be a quick shiftment in leadership. And the right. pastor will be fired or be put in, in, in discipline if it's something, you know, uh, really bad or grave uh, or of a grave importance. And, 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 and then the elders should take over on managing the, the church and making sure everybody's doing. Where am I heading with this? These are politics. These are things that I have seen that I've seen very similar to how this country is met. And if you're a toxic Christian or if you're a Christian who is not Bible believing, first of all, in that example that I just talked about, you should be speaking in love, right? Because in love, you want to help your neighbor. In love, you want to help your pastor. In love, you want to explain what the Bible means to you and why you think the pastor or the leader or your brother or your neighbor or whatever, it's wrong. In love. Why? Because we believe that they're heading towards a path of pain in their life or ultimately to uh, eternal destruction, right? Right. So there's these debates. And in love, we're supposed to do this. And we're not that we think we're better. We're just sharing a truth that we found to be truth to ourselves. 
So if we're sharing this truth that we find to ourselves is we don't really make ourselves and we believe this all the time. The gospel is just a beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. So it's not that we're better. You know, it's just that we're sharing what saved us, what we convinced right. us. And if you don't read your Bible, now we're going to the other side of the example, which is where I'm heading. Then you're this Christian who think you're a Christian because you go to church on Sundays and you believe these wrong doctrines or these wrong interpretations of the Bible or the law, as the Bible calls itself, the law too. And you're just saying, amen, amen. That's right. I believe that, you know. And, yeah. and you maybe get it together with other quote unquote Christians who just express so much hate towards this group of people, maybe even sometimes within the Christians, or, or there is a disagreement or a debate. And it's just expressed so much hate that they confuse with passion. So zeal and just anger <laughs> are two different <laughs> things, but, but they can be expressed differently. And then and I'm talking about this from personal experience. I, like I said, I grew up from church, so I've seen these things happen. So when I see it on my political, you know, view on when it comes to this country, is that we're all American, right? We're all American. Right. So when there's this debate, there is this ongoing hatred towards the other people, ongoing hatred towards the other stuff. But sometimes <laughs> yeah. the people to blame is the lack of knowledge. If these people are now reading their Bible to know that their pastor is wrong, how do we really expect these Americans to be understood the wrong when they're just voting for someone saying the right thing without really looking at what it is? So to boil it down, yes, I am happy and I am glad that this is a Christian country. I say this and I'm glad that the evangelical vote has so much power towards it. I do believe, which it starts at the church, I do believe that we are the kind of Christians who unfortunately call ourselves Christians because we go to church on Sunday and we listen to a person and we don't devote ourselves to the biblical truths in our personal life. And I think that if we do, then we will be able to catch on quick uh, when a leader or a pastor, in this case, the president, more talking specifically about politics, is someone who is not Christ-like. So there are people, here's the other case too, which I was explaining to you. There's people who um, they believe that they are just in a mission to make sure that the heart of this country stays uh, with God, you know, stays with a nation that um, that it's, it's Christian, like this one, like this one is. And, and they know that they technically see themselves as, as like, they don't belong to the United States, if that, if that makes any sense, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of verses in the Bible, for example, Philippians 3.20 says that our citizenship, uh, citizenship is not in heaven, but it, I mean, sorry, it's not in here, but it is in heaven, right? So there's people who take that principle way too hard and they feel like um, there is their responsibility to make sure that this country stays in the, in, in the heart of God. And unfortunately, they feel that as much as they disagree with the president, because I have come across people who shock me as well, that they understand this truth, this truth that I just spoke about, about like, well, if you're an actual Bible-believing Christian, then you should know uh, that these precedents are pretty much just like, and specifically talking about Trump, for example, they're obviously using it as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, 
as a lie, you know, it's, it's just a way to get votes. There is yeah. no way that we can look at the life of this man. And the Bible even says, examine ourselves to make sure that we have the fruits of the spirit. The fruits of the spirit, you know, is love, compassion, patience, all these things. Someone who lives righteously for Christ, someone who says, like, you know, if, if I say I'm a Christian, then I need to make sure that I am living like Christ. That's the whole point of the name, right? Christian, right? right? So the evangelical vote has very much power, but I think it lacks a lot of knowledge. And like the Bible says, um, my people suffer because of knowledge. So sometimes people think, um, and another principle that we believe in Christian belief is that um, God is in charge of everything. You know, God puts leaders, uh, nothing happens without God really knowing, right? The Bible says that yeah. even a leave moves if it would ask without knowing. So for any president that is in office, God is not going like, oops, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> right. Yeah. But and, and people and Christians will call me on that, right? Christians will be like, yeah, amen, brother. That's right. <laughs> but here's why I want to take it further. It, it, it's not always the case towards good. You know what I mean? If you read, right. for example, when the people were being oppressed in Egypt, then Moses came to liberate them. If you read that chapter, he says that the Pharaoh, the leader, the king, the president, if you may, um, hardened his heart. But then you continue reading and he says that, you know, God hardening his heart and it goes back and forth like that. So there's instances where God makes his decisions on leadership of the world, even like in the Roman Empire, for example, now that we're getting closer, closer to Christmas, I was actually doing my devotion and I found it amazing how in the prophecy, Jesus was supposed to be born in a certain place. And it was the Roman Empire who decided that everybody should register in their cities. And then therefore, Joseph and Mary had to travel to where they were predestined or, 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 or prophesied to be for Jesus' uh, birth, all because of one leader. So who did that? The Bible says that the, the king's heart is like a stone in the river and he turns it at will. So God is behind his decision. So when a leader or a bad leader, like the ones oppressing the Jews, was God trying to show his people that, hey, you made bad decisions, you know? Like yeah. every time we see the people of Israel going through struggles, going through the desert, which took them 40 years, uh, and according to just like, I don't know, I guess would say the, the how long it would really take them to travel to the promised land. It shouldn't take them 40 years. It should take them a lot less than that. Right. But why? But they were kept in this in the desert because God was shaping their heart. So when I say, you know, but all in all, at the end of the day, God chooses his leaders. So a, a.k.a. Christian Trump supporters will go like, yeah, it's just right. So it was God's will. Well, the question comes, is it? towards good towards his people or is it towards bad towards his people you know we bring upon ourselves either the blessings or not blessings we're not having the presence of god and i think that for example even my mother even right now you know like i said we couldn't go through this process as easy as it was before because of the the whole thing that he did back in october according to what my lawyer said so i was affected yeah. my family was affected by this man um, and it was not a blessing to me. I cannot say, oh, you know, it was a blessing. Like it has been before to me, like, you know, receiving these things. So my point when it comes to political views, yes, we do. Uh, I know it was a shocker to you and, my, and maybe to some listeners. There are a lot of evangelical Christians out there voting just on who sings the right tune. But uh, I personally believe that part of you being proud of that carries a responsibility just like you are supposed to challenge your leaders and pastors and making sure they're walking in the same law, which is the Bible, that they can be held accountable for what they're preaching 
and therefore shaping the church to be, you as a Christian citizen should also have the responsibility to apply these laws that you're learning. Just like, you know, like I said earlier, listening to this podcast, like where I am right now, learning about how you can help your fellow man, your fellow neighbor in love. And that's another point I'm bringing up. So you can shape and put an appropriate, if you are a faith-based person on office. And I honestly think that that's not the case when it comes to Trump. I don't, the <laughs> precedents that I've seen so far, not that I'm an expert, like I said, in politics, but it's easy for me as an evangelical Christian citizen to say this man is definitely not Christ-like or does not have a Christ-like character. He yeah. does not, you know? So that was my point. And going back to what I kind of like reinforce about in love is that we live in a generation, unfortunately, that it's just like, oh, you disagree with me, then you must hate me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or you disagree. And we were even, I think me and you were even talking about earlier how we have awesome conversations precisely because we don't take our opposition views or our opposite views or our differences up to heart, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's naive and it's, I would even go to say immature to you being offended by someone who shares a different view even when it comes to Christians, because Christians, we believe that, you know, we have very strong morals about things that affect our, our, our political, you know, views or, or even the structure of this country, like pro-life, pro-choice, you know, gay marriage, all these things. And, and, and we think that we just act like we know better, you know, <laughs> or, or, or that is up to us. I mean, it is up to us, but it's up to us through the Holy Spirit, according to the Bible, meaning that we are just the messengers, right? If, right. if, if the president Trump, for some reason, tells me, for some reason, tells me to tell someone something, then I'm going to come in the name of the president as a representative, and my word will have heaviness towards what I'm communicating, not because I'm important, but because of what the president has sent me to say. So same way Christians have a very important message, and it is up to us to share that message, but we act like the message comes from us, you know, and like <laughs> yeah. point fingers and jump it down people's throats and and, and expect everybody to live the same way. No, man, we don't know what shaped your being. You know, you obviously, you probably grew up Muslim or probably grew up atheist or or, or had this this thing. And it's your responsibility to share the message. And it's up to them to do what they do with please. It doesn't mean they're your enemy. It doesn't mean you don't deal with them. It doesn't mean anything. Right. And it's it's crazy how how that happens. And and even the girls actually noticed it the other day. We were they were, they were doing devotional and doing, we were doing parables. And there's a parable talking about helping your neighbor. And, um, and the story goes, the Good Samaritan, right? Which everybody knows is even the same, right? Oh, he's such a Good Samaritan. But the story goes that the Samaritan helped a Jew. Samaritans and Jews didn't get along. My girls were able to pick that up. They're eight years old. They're like, it's crazy. The Samaritan, supposedly someone who Jews don't agree with, was the one that helped this poor Jew that was beat up almost to death and gave him a, an end and gave him money and gave him all this thing. He's the one to help him. The story goes that a priest, a Jewish priest passed and didn't help him. And then a Levi, which is like a, like a Jew leader, right? Someone who works at the tabernacle passed by and didn't help him. And he was a, a Samaritan. Jesus talking this political views at that point in the Bible, he was pretty much saying how Republican helped a Democrat after he was almost being built or how a white person help the black person. He was definitely referring to a, a, a political 
or, or, or a climate where two groups of people were not getting along. And when the Jewish leaders, and this was a parable, this was a story, this was not real. But the reason yeah. why he gave that parable was because the Jewish leaders were trying to trick him. We're trying to make him be like, who's my neighbor then? If I'm supposed to love my neighbor, who's my neighbor, Jesus? And Jesus gave him, I think, a perfect answer. What they would expect to say or what they were hoping he would say to fit in or to be okay with them was to say, well, you're fellow Jew, right? Right. So if Jesus were to be here in this modern times and we say, well, Jesus, we know the Bible says we're supposed to love our neighbors and teach the truth. But who do you say are our neighbors? And if that question was asked by, I don't know, uh, a white supremacist, right, then yeah. they would expect Jesus to say, well, you white supremacist. But it's like Jesus coming out to say, well, uh, no, an African-American. There was a white right. supremacist that got beat up half to dead and uh, African-American came and saved him. Or it's the same thing as saying a Republican was almost half to dead and Democrat saved them. And it, and I think Jesus, that's why he's so important because he totally turned the law. And, it, and that's why they crucify him, right? They told him, you know, uh, you know, they, they couldn't find no blaming him. They couldn't, like the government couldn't. And yet he right. was sacrificed because he actually showed them and he even said it, I'm not here to break the law. I'm here to fulfill the law. So even in then, where there was even this kind of climate that we have today, his message was still about loving your neighbor, your opposite neighbor. So my girls can pick that up. I find it baffling that when it comes to this political climate that we still have today, because I think as long as we have humans, right, we always have this kind of debate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we can all be blue for, and then we will fight about the shades of blue. <laughs> you know, like, yes, of well, course. you're light blue. I'm navy blue. <laughs> and it's like and my girls were able to pick it up they they, they got it they, i got the lesson so i think right now as grown-ups we get so fixed and like we were talking about earlier you become more cynic towards these realities that to you as a kid made sense like why would the government try to benefit on me why would lawyers benefit out of this poor people why would there is that there is we claim ourselves to be a christian country we claim ourselves to be believing christians and it's all just like the president so it's not like we can say Oh, the president is wrong. We're mostly all of us hypocrites by voting for him because he shows the status of our heart. So, yeah. so I think for us, for me, for, for a Bible-believing Christian, it's not a hooray. It's a wake-up call, you know, to show that yeah. our, we, we're, we're easily taken from left to right, you know. <laughs> yes. and, and I don't mean that left to right politically. I was literally, <laughs> literally meaning like any wind blow, you know. Yeah. There's a saying in Spanish, uh, uh, you know, so it's it's true for the ones that don't know where to sell any wind will take them anywhere. And it's absolutely true. They will sell anywhere. Yeah. So so I think that that is that. So I think, yes, the evangelical vote, as much as a shocker to you, does have a lot of power in this country. I don't think it's in a place precisely because it was kind of like an opening, you know, like I said, like I said earlier, it's a. It, it shows the status of our hearts. I don't think it's in the right place if we are able to put this kind of man in office and even back him up after more and more things happen. You know what I mean? Like even after yes. the whole presidential thing and, and more things happen, we're like cheering him on. Like I find that baffling, you know, like things I've never heard of before. Yeah. And um, and like I said, there is there is definitely a lot of a lot of things that even when we see as Christians, as and even going with this theme of Christmas that we are now, you know, like, like the Bible says that what, what, what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. So even, and I even think I put that in Facebook, like sometimes God allows tactical defeats to have strategical victories. And, and in Christmas, we celebrate that, right? It's like the devil yeah. thought that he won by letting Jesus die. But guess what? That was how 
we receive salvation through the cross. So I think at this status right now, speaking to evangelical Christians where they probably share my views and they feel like, well, there's no hope. There you go. There is nothing. Um, I can say, no, God, it still means this for good. So I think we should still trust the system because the Bible says faith without works is no faith. Do you ever see the, the pursuit of happiness? No. The pursuit of happiness. Thought it, it looked like a sad movie. I didn't want to see it. It is. No, it's not sad a movie, actually. It has a really good happy ending, but it is a sad movie throughout. But I'm sorry to spoil it for you because it has to do with my point. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, no, I won't spoil the ending. But the point is, he's struggling. He's like in the lowest part, in the lowest part of like struggling. Like he's like in the streets, literally with his child. Yeah. And 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 and, and there's this part in the movie that the child has a joke and i think it has to do with what's going on in the movie so i think it was amazing but also when it comes to life and the joke goes there's this guy who's drowning and obviously he's talking about this this part where he is in his life where he doesn't know where money is going to come in the next day he doesn't know what he's going to eat next he's sleeping in the streets with his son and he's struggling and right. this kid right he's not aware even if he sees this circumstance and he has this childlike faith which is what the bible says right and in that childlike and childlike faith he he's cracking jokes and he's not paying attention which is the, the coolest part of the movie right because he has to do with what he's going on <laughs> and the joke he says is there's this man who uh, he's it, it, the, 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 there's a flood or something or or the city is is you know it's, it's flooding and and a guy comes in a car and he says come on there's water coming the town is going to flood I'll help you. He's like, no, no, God would help you. Have faith. So water starts rising and then uh, he goes to the roof and the guy comes in a boat and he says, come on, this whole thing is going to flood. Let's go. And he's like, no, no, God would help me. And then a helicopter comes and says, there's no one left except you. Let's go. And he's like, no, God would help me. And he draws and dies, goes to heaven. And he says to God, God, why didn't you help me? And God says, what are you talking about? I sent you a car, a boat and a helicopter. What else do you want? <laughs> And the and the character Will Smith's character, he's just like, uh huh, yeah, whatever. He's preoccupied with his mind, and and I think that as Christians, that's how we are. We feel like we're drowning, and we have this faith, and we call it faith, right? It's okay. God will take care of it, but we don't vote. God will take care of it, but we don't uh, educate ourselves. God will take care of me, but we don't we don't seek help. We're too prideful to like I just said to you. I have no idea. Tell me, please help me about political <laughs> views and then when things bad happen we go god how can you allow this and god is like what are you talking about it's right there there's the means there is the way there <laughs> yeah. is the, that's why i say in my word works without faith is dead we think faith is just believing things will be all right and burying ourselves in the dirt no faith is envisioning and even this this lesson has been stolen from to, from christianity and scientology and even like motivational speakers if you vision let me say it to you that way then if you vision yourself as a millionaire and just sit at your house, do nothing, you're not become a millionaire, right? If, right. if you vision yourself as a millionaire and you start hanging out with millionaires and you start uh, finding out how you can invest and how you can and what gives more money and what's profitable, then you will become a millionaire. You need to have that vision, but also going along with working towards it. So I think. Like I said, that's that's I think that's one point of view where I feel like if you are a Christian in this country, you can just bury yourself in the ground and live and tell, oh, God will take care of this country. It's up to you. It's up to you to, A, you know, educate yourself just like you would in church, which is the reason why we say, hey, we Christians, if you are like just like me, at least I'm talking about personally, and you want to learn about how your government works, we have experience <laughs> since we were birthed. <laughs> if you grew up in, in, in church, 
And, and, and just like we're supposed to make sure our leaders are teaching what's right, that will not happen if I'm not reading my Bible. So you got to read your laws. You got to make sure you're aware of what's going on in your city, what affects you and your, and your family and, and, your, and your children and all this stuff. And then therefore act upon it. So you can trust that, you know, God will help you. And I think that when it comes to this election, it's an exception because this man is not according to the man of God. So we can cash these things. And, and, and if you, and if you are believing that obviously this is more about towards government part, not so much gospel side, you're still helping your neighbor, yeah. right? That's what you want, right? Because even if you're okay, even if you're, you know, you're listening right now and you're living in a perfect home and a perfect everything, this still affects your neighbor, you know, yeah. your, your, your workers, your, your, I don't know, your, your everything, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I think that's very important. That's, that's pretty much where I say evangelical. Um, <laughs> that's in a nutshell, if you may. Right. Well, that's what I believe it, it is. It, it, the issues and the, and the background. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting um, an interesting thing trying to to really uh, understand all of that because in in my mind it was like how do you not vote on what's right or or you know research and um and and just like all these different things experiences or whatever it, it just it never made sense that people would vote based off of their religious views um because i mean yeah. as you know i'm i'm not a religious person um and and so coming to terms with that i i didn't want to insult anybody but my immediate thought was like like why you know it was just like that's right dumb. right and and then you know i had to <laughs> i had to walk that back <laughs> um because right. it's, it's not dumb and obviously everyone's entitled to to be able to think and, and vote however they feel but you know for me having been someone that you know tries to research tries to find out as much as i can and votes off of not just my party but off of like the things that the candidates are are coming um, with and, and their backgrounds and everything it just it was it was baffling I, I didn't really understand it it just didn't make no sense it's like okay so you're telling me that basically what you're doing is especially in the case of Trump you're not voting for him you're voting against a Democrat because you don't your religious views don't align with a Democrat's views and that you know that just didn't that just didn't add up to me but anyway eventually I, I did come to understand it and and I do get you know, uh, a lot of the, the different things that um, you were mentioning, it makes sense, but it just, it had, it had been a very, a very difficult thing to just come to terms with and, and understand that even though we have a separation of state and church, it is still so intricately woven in a lot of things uh, when it comes to politics and when it comes to how people view the government and how the government should run and how the country should be perceived, um, it, it's been a very, just like, it's just been a very shocking thing for me. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think personally speaking, continuing now from personal experience, I want, I thought that, well, like I said, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't think, and let me kind of like disclosure, right? <laughs> <laughs> Since this is being recorded, I am not a person who you should listen to about who to vote with. I'm learning. Like I said, I'm in this podcast and I'm learning uh, who this uses. But I think personally, at least from my perspective, I think ben, uh, Bernie was a, was a good choice, was a good candidate, you know? Yeah. And um, 
and just on on so many issues. I think he was so passionate about, you know, what he was teaching and he's like, and even his history, like, for example, like, there you go, I researched a little bit. Uh, <laughs> he was, you know, he was helping African-Americans fight for their, you know, for their rights, um, even back when there was still segregation going on, yeah. you know, and, and racism. And I think, there you go, that speaks of a character of someone who has had this record for a long time. Not necessarily Christian, but in the same essence of like, through your research, you know, find out, like I said, people suffer because lack of knowledge. That's a biblical yeah. truth that we live by. So I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to do Bernie, but Bernie was not a candidate. So I think what happened personally, what I think is that a lot of Christians find themselves in a, <laughs> in a tight squeeze. Was like, well, here's the pretender, <laughs> and then here's the, here's the other person, which is like no for them too because you know he's not pro life and all these things. Uh, and I think most of the people say probably I'm not going to vote. And then the people who did were the ones who, like I said, who, who, who think that they're probably the kind of mental Christians that think, um, mentally Christian, sorry. I didn't say <laughs> um, but like in their mind, they're going like, Oh, as long as I go to church and I sing the songs, I'm a Christian, but that's not it. So obviously anybody, anybody who had this kind of character like Trump does would say, Hey, Hey, uh, picture, you know, let me, let me go ahead and like, literally violently remove these people in front of church so I can take a picture of. I mean, come on, right there. Yeah. It was just kind of like a like a very image of exactly how this man got into office, fooling the evangelical vote. You know, yeah. his character doesn't show this. He moved his people, he bullied his people out of the way so he can have an evangelical prop. Like that's that that's not it. And and we were talking about um uh, about like you know devotional with my girls and, 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 and parables and this is all coming from Jesus and the same parable is there. You know, it's like like there's two sons, one of them, the father tells him to please do an, an errand or something. He says, yes, sir, doesn't do it. Uh, and then the second one says, oh, I don't want to, and then does it. Yeah. Right? So the parable there that Jesus is talking about is is you, you can't just sound like a Christian. You know what I mean? You can <laughs> say, hey, yes, sir, hallelujah, I will. Yeah. And not, not do your part. It's better for you to be the good son because he asks, who's the good son? I can tell you he's the, set, he's the first one, the one that complained and did it anyway. Yeah. So we're not perfect. We're going to complain. But dude, like, just do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, do the Christian part. So, and, and even taking it further with parables, I think the the the, the that comes to mind is is there's a rich man. Jesus is talking about a rich man who just devotes himself to getting more and more and more uh, money. Pretty much, he just like he's gonna tear down his barns and build a big one so he can put even more uh, of his stocks and all that stuff in it. And then the the, the Lord says he calls him a fool because he died. That day he comes from the he says he comes from the presence of the Lord and he did not dedicate his life towards God. Yeah. So um in Psalms 33 it says that the blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And I think that people know that um Christian people uh take that to heart. So we're very occupied or they're very occupied about like, no, we need to we need to make sure that there is this like campaign going on. So I I mean sorry, there is this protection over this campaign in this country. And we're gonna make sure that God it's is it's it's is glorified through this. But I think in this particular one, we had a pretender and we had what usually what you know evangelicals would not vote against. So I think either some of them went, let's go the best route, <laughs> or the one that at least looks like it, or some people I guess didn't vote at all. But I mean I doubt that because like I said, we were still majority of the vote. Right. But I think that comes from a a sense or a setting where like I mentioned in earlier. He says that um, they believe their citizenship is not here on earth, but it's in heaven. So they're worrying about more about their their eternal thing. Because like I said, if, if we are biblical Christians, who we believe that, that God is real and everything in his word is real, then we believe that 
that you know as much as this affects us in real life we're we're putting our treasures you know kind of like that guy who was just stocking up and stocking up and stocking up and god called him a fool because he did he cannot take those possessions to heaven and we know that right even you don't have to be a christian to share that truth right. we don't take nothing with us to heaven we don't take our convictions i mean after we die we don't take our convictions we don't take our books we don't take our knowledge we don't take our education so i think there's also maybe a christian out there who's listening to me if any and 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 he would say sebastian you're still wrong because their convictions are so and i applaud them i'm not against that either but i think i'm i'm just kind of like explaining to you also where they're coming from so maybe not that I understand where you're coming from of like, well, you know, like, are you dumb or something? Like, like would you vote for this person? But I'm just saying that, you know, um, their, their treasure is in heaven. You know, all they worried about, they understand that even the Bible says, and it's a principle that we learned that all this is passing. You know, what is this? What is the government? You know, like even, you know, we know Roman Empire fell, all these things. And, and the Bible says that, you know, and the Bible even talks about prophecy, about this sort of thing even happening that we're discussing right yeah. now. And and, the, and their view is in heaven. Their treasure is in heaven. That's what the how the Bible describes it. And treasure in heaven meaning is that they're so heaven centered that they in their conscience they have to make sure that we protect the unborn. I'm talking about abortion, right. we protect the, the 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 sanity of marriage. Talking about you know homosexual you know homosexual marriage and all this stuff. And those convictions lead them to vote towards that, even if they agree. Which is what I was mentioning earlier. I have spoken to brothers and sisters who are aware <laughs> of what kind of person Trump is, you yeah. know, but their, their mission, their convictions are in the eternal, uh, you know, kind of thing. And, and, you know, and, and I think, and I think that's, that brings up two points that I think is very important. That's a great Christian. I don't have nothing against that. I mean, it's true. My political views won't matter when I die. You know, my, my convictions will not matter when I die. My, my, everything will not matter when I die. I'm, I should be, and I am, and I encourage every Christian out there, of course, to be concerned about how you're going to stand before God when he judges you. Yeah. But the other point, which is more importantly, is that um, it's, it's, they're doing it for the sake of their country, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. they're doing it for the sake of keeping others. So it's kind of like the way I like to see it, kind of like to bring this all together in this country is that when you come together with your family, you have your crazy cousin and you have your, you know, your normal cousins and you have all, and everybody gets together. And there's this one guy who just feels like everything is like conspiracy theories and everybody's out to get you and tinfoil people. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and we don't necessarily have to be like them. But when you do talk to them, you realize there is some truth in what they say. But nonetheless, as crazy as their method sounds, what they what the conviction they have in their heart is to look out for the family, look out for the home, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the same thing when it comes to that. I don't want to go ahead and leave these brothers, these brothers uh, and sisters out, in the sense of like their convictions might be also not on. They're fully aware of what kind of character Trump is, but there still are in um in a setting where they're trying to protect this country and i think that's great you know what i mean and and like i said at the end of the day you know it's just we're one big family american family different backgrounds different beliefs and and i think that as long as we can also apply at least the minor things when it comes to hey let's have a discussion and not hate each other i think that's also important an important principle uh christian principle a biblical principle that i think anybody uh, whether the Christian or not can can uh, agree with. 
you know? Yeah. So it's, that's the, that's the other thing. That's the other kind of like side of the coin. I don't know if that's a shocker to you. So, um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I get it, you know, overall, uh, it's just, it, it's, a. Uh, it's still a very interesting thing to, to be aware of. Um, no, for sure. For sure. But, but I do, I do think it's important to, to be knowledgeable, whether you're, you know, a Christian, not a Christian, whichever, um, especially when it comes to uh, what is going on in our politics, what's going on in our government, because while we may not, you know, take, anything with us when we die we are still on this earth for a period of time and while we're on this earth for that period of time i think we should be working towards making things more equitable for everybody so no of course that and like i said it's you can't you can't you can't live without the other you know it's like i said faith without works and also as a christian it's not about setting your side in the eternal it's about your brother your brother what benefits your brother and like we said earlier when jesus was talking about it he was referring to someone who was against the Jews. Well, not against, but they're totally different people that the Jews did not really get along with. Yeah. And and that's what I'm talking about. Overall, I think the biggest issues besides Trump, besides this, besides the elections, is just the main concern is, like you said it yourself perfectly, we live in this world with our neighbor. We're supposed to represent these things. We're supposed to represent this stuff. And we Christians should be an example of how debate, how to, I mean, we've, like I said, we've been doing this for, 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 for centuries. If you look at biblical texture, there is, there is fellow love towards non-Jew and Jew alike, you know? Yeah. And that is the whole point. It's just that Jesus came for all the world. And, and, and I think my point overall, if you have to like sum it up, is that, is that we're not living according to that. This was an eye-opener. We're putting people in office that are not Christ-like. We are not acting Christ-like because obviously we put someone who acts like us and thinks like us. So therefore, is that really the evangelical vote? I think not. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and, uh, and I think that really puts a mirror to our hearts and makes us wonder, how are we as a country? And, and I think that even our Christian values uh, start from before the presidency it starts with being nice to your neighbor, not, not, not hating on them, not debating in anger and, and, and calling it passion. And, and I, and I think it's like you said, main thing, you know, people, my people suffer because lack of knowledge. And this is important. Like you said, we need to research, not just for ourselves, but like you said, or perfectly for our neighbor, what benefits our neighbor. Yeah. Even if there's someone who is not, uh, in our own clan or observation or point of view, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm, I'm grateful for you and the fact that you are trying to be more knowledgeable and trying to learn and shape your own political views. Um, Cause that's definitely something that, you know, I, I, I don't want anybody to try or, or, or anybody to believe that I want to, shape anyone's political view that's not my my purpose or anything like that i want people to do their own research to find out what they like what they don't like whether we agree on it or not it's it doesn't matter my point is just to actually do that work to do that research if you you know do your research and you decide you want to go a different direction that's fine i respect that um but what I what I just am very like anti is the people who, you know, don't really do any research, don't really think much about it, but want to go ahead and just be disagreeable for the sake of being disagreeable. So that's that's definitely something that I, I try 
um, to steer away from with this podcast to just kind of be more of an emphasis on learning, on researching and educating yourself because I think that's what's going to help you, you know, regardless of whatever stance you want to be on, whatever side you want to be on. And, um, and that's basically, you know, the, a lot of why I also started this was to, to help um, educate or to help remind sometimes, because sometimes, you know, you'll forget things you may have learned along the way. And, and sometimes we need those reminders. So that's what I'm trying to do. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, and you were saying earlier that, you know, that very same thing that, you know, that I, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, aren't have the same views as I do. And then yet you have this podcast and yet I'm your guest. And I think that's, that's beautiful, you know, and that, and I think their lace, you laugh because it sounds corny, but I totally believe in that. And I think. No, it's not also, corny. I love it. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay, good. But I think there lays the beauty of this country. And I think we and you were talking about it earlier and kind of like staying away from the evangelical point of view now and kind of like moving on to to just like our conversations that we have often. And I think there lays the beauty of, of our country. You know what I mean? It's, it's broken. Yes, there is a lot of things that we need to get fixed. And there's a lot of things that we need to do. And it will definitely help if all Americans uh, Christian, non-Christian, whatever. And I would just kind of give a background of how we as Christians have a biblical responsibility to do this sort of thing, right? Yeah. If we have the responsibility at church, we have the responsibility at our society, which is America. And I think that the beauty of it is that we have the opportunity because one thing that I know and I hear often is is, is how, for example, corrupted other countries are. And specifically talking about Colombia, it's been a country that, at least from my experience, my wife always, always gains up on me and says, like, oh, my gosh, you do not remember. That is not the case. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess because she she's visited Colombia more of a tourist kind of way, visiting her family. And I remember growing up there. And even, actually, even right now, like, uh, a couple of days ago, yesterday, I was watching uh, funny things that happened during uh social distancing you know with the whole social distancing thing now classes are online and professors and teachers are teaching through zoom yeah and they're just showing you know the obvious funny things dad walking across the living room when he's underwear while there is a class going on and, <laughs> but one of them was actually not that funny but it reminded me of a reality in in my country that even my grandma talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago because she just moved back to colombia as of a month ago um that the professor was giving his class and then he just jumped and got scared and threw himself on the floor because there was a shooting right in front of his house. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And then my grandma was telling me that, uh, same thing. I was checking on her and she went back to Colombia, maybe, uh, like I said, about a month and a half ago or something or less than that. And she said that she was, uh, she had to stop in Cali to go to where she lives now, which is Popayan. And then she was kept awake a little bit during the night because she heard, Far away, not so near her, but she heard far away uh, uh, shots, you know, bullet shots. And that just kind of like to her was a shocker because she knows these things were reality in some parts in Colombia. Yeah. But that she went through 10 years of not living that sort of way. Right. And going back to that, which is kind of like, whoa, we're not in the United States anymore. You know, right. shocker. And there's even this saying, watching documentaries about Colombia, it's gotten better, by the way. If someone's listening and think I'm like, you know, taking a dump on Colombia, I'm not. It's gotten <laughs> a lot better. Yeah. But my point saying that there was even this documentary precisely about how things have changed for the better, um, about how God, uh, there was this kind of like cute, like saying, like God supposedly 
saw how beautiful Colombia was. So in order to make it fair, he put violence on it, which is a horrible thing to say. <laughs> but, 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 you know, they were trying to pretty much say that, yeah, it's a country that suffered by violence. So the only experience I have, at least to comparing things to living in the United States, is that. I remember when I was younger, sometimes my mom had to pick me up from school because the, 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 the riots that would happen in Colombia were crazy enough that they would lynch random people. Oh, like, hi. the funny thing is, is that I get your political passion to like throw a riot towards the government and maybe you like lynch a police officer or something but what point are you making where you need to like vandalize someone's poor car you know what i mean like, yeah and i speak to my father from time to time insurance thing insurance is a scam over there it's like <laughs> it's not like you can call the next day and be like hey my car got got vandalized let's go ahead and, and get a new one Right. So it's crazy. It's crazy how this nonsense violence, and you know, of course, not getting too much into it. There's obviously the excuse of people just wanting to, you know, make vandalism just as an excuse to be political. But my point is, is, is that, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how uh, how we can have a conversation, how we're allowed to have a podcast, how 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 it is encouraged, and even it is the American way. For, for for someone with my religious views and your religious views to be able to have a podcast together and, and say in the podcast, hey, we're friends. You know what I mean? And I think <laughs> yeah. that's the beauty of it. That's the strength of it. That's that's how we're going to get through it. And I think that's where I put my hope when it comes to being on the in this country. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and there's no perfect country and there never will be. And there is definitely things that I got to work out. And, and, and you know what? I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to kind of want to, I want to say something that actually has been in my mind and, and, and I think it's perfect to say in this kind of podcast politically, but I've seen a lot of, with the whole stimulus check that we're getting for 600, right? <laughs> right. Possibly there is maybe. a lot of, possibly maybe, right. There is a lot of memes uh, that other countries are doing about pretty much making fun of how their governments have handled it better right. than we have. But I believe, I may be wrong. I might believe that. I think the reason why it's, it, we seem weaker to other countries when it comes to decisions like this is because of how different we are for them for the better. In other words, our weakness is actually our strength in the sense of we're way too diverse. We're way too, uh, <laughs> it's a melting pot over here. I mean, just look yeah. at New York City alone. I'm from New York City. So I know it's, 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 it's over there. We're talking about any issue. It ripples in so many different ways to right. so many different cultures through so many different social status and it's difficult when you make decisions like this about stimulus checks in, in a country that is full of immigrants some are documented uh full of different political views so many divisions is because there's so many different points of views coming in at one place and and it's it's a hard thing to do but i see that as a strength you know what i mean because yeah. when we unify together for some things that we have been able to do it is shocking how much we influence other cultures aka black lives matter you know what i mean or aka uh putting more and more uh representation in our movies because we know we run the movie industry <laughs> and i and right but, it, it, but and, and, and and i see that i mean like i'm a person who does i'm gonna confess i'm not so disciplined when it comes to my free time so i see memes a lot and movies a lot and comments a lot and read it a lot but i find it more fascinating because of this because of the whole social thing as a community how we are and how we vision things and one thing that i have come up with or, or seen or, or or observe 
is that is that we have an effect when it comes to our media, when it comes to the strong points that we are. And I see all the people from other countries following up with that, you know? Yeah. And 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 for example, like like I didn't know this. This was a cultural shock to me through a meme or TikTok actually to be more specific. About this girl just pretty much, you know, she's doing her little choreography and TikTok, but you know how they put like, the little captions or subtitles and yeah. And I don't need to really express the video. It was more about her point. And her point was saying that she through the music and through her dancing, she was pretty much saying how happy she was about spending her uh her uh college uh internship here in America because of uh they celebrate women of uh you know of, of all size matter all sides are beautiful and and, uh, and, and you know, their beauty doesn't lay on a size. And she's happy about that. Yeah. And then she switches to this sad music where she remembers she has to go back to her country where they well. observe. Um, well, I didn't know this, right? I didn't know this. I thought this was normal everywhere. But when they don't observe that, it, it, women pretty much like starve themselves. And that is a normal, normal, you know, like, <laughs> oh, well, that is the norm over there. And I was like, whoa. I did not know that. So even through this TikToks, we're communicating these ideas where we see that here in America, we have a lot of influence about doing good, you know? And yeah. I think that comes from how different we all are because we have to be so inclusive and, and you know, in, 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 in every country and stuff like that, kind of like make fun of that or, or, or even people who are a little bit too cynical here in our own country make fun of that. But there lays the strength too, you know? And I think... And I think more importantly, it's kind of like um, kind of like understanding the kind of power we have and not use it for creating a weapon, but creating it for a good source of energy in a sense of like energy towards the positive thing. So I think definitely I love this. You know, I love this. I love, love, love this. You know? <laughs> This podcast, these memes, these TikToks, these <laughs> forms of communication, these yeah. discussions, these things, and 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 it's it's great. It's great. I really, it brings me hope, or at least that's where I try to look at when I lost faith. <laughs> yeah. And maybe six hundred stimulus check memes and and broken, you know, healthcare and immigration system and all these things. It's like, well, you know, silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. I agree with you. And I think that's, that's a great way to um, end my, my, I guess, season finale episode, because this being the second part of um, our, our conversation will be on the season finale. So uh, I am ending the year with this. And then I'll be back in sometime in January. So I, I like that we've ended in a very loving and positive and together sort of note um, because this year has been rough and and there's been still even through all the roughness that a pandemic has brought way too much division still, not just physically, but, you know, all the other issues that have come up. So I'm grateful for our conversation. I'm grateful that um you were able to have this discussion with me this morning. Um, yes. And I look forward to uh, being able to have many more discussions later. Is there anything else you would like to add? Uh, no, I think uh, I was, you know, I pretty much said everything towards the end is the same thing that I want to reinforce was that just how great this podcast is in the sense of, of being a representation of how easy it is for us to voice 
our opinions voice our 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 things that we we are strong at you know what i mean and i think it's it's great and i think it's it's great too because sometimes we like to we like to get our information from you know the big guys <laughs> yeah but but you know the fact that i know you is what involved me into getting into this podcast and i think that also is important you know it's important for for you if, if it's any encouragement to you to continue this because i don't think if it wasn't for you the fact that you're my friend <laughs> i wouldn't be involved as much in immigration and podcasts but it's because of our platforms that we use and and the things we share and the things that I see on your Instagram and then through your Instagram, finding out about your podcast and, and this, I think is, is, is awesome. You know, how, <laughs> how this country allows us to, to, you know, educate us, you know, it, there's no excuse. Like I said earlier, you know, there's no excuse for you to get your head out of the dirt and, <laughs> and practice and practice this. I think there is a lot of common ground within religion, within political views, within everything in the sense of taking care of our, you know, fellow man, brother, American. And um, and I think that's one small, but still very important part of this, is this discussions in this podcast. So thank you. I did not know I was your season finale. So I'm hugely honored. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Uh, I wanted to try to um, make, uh, the last episode be the second part of our conversation so that way um, I'd be able to take some time off uh, and and just en enjoy at least you know some of the holiday <laughs> um, yes but uh, yeah so when I when I do start the other the other season it'll be uh, closer to the inauguration time so we'll we'll see where everything is at then hopefully. Hopefully it's not a hot mess, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm just, for right now, like I said, I'm leaving things on a very happy and positive note and a hopeful note. So thank you, Sebastian, for coming on. And um, I hope that you also have a happy holiday with you and your family. You too. Thank you for having me, Domi. You're welcome. And that was my final episode of the season and the year. As always, I can be reached at thesimplepolitics13 at gmail.com or on my socials at thesimplepolitics on IG and at thesimplepoly on Twitter. Let's all leave 2020 behind, finally, and bring in the new year with positive thoughts. Wishing you all a happy new year and prosperous 2021.